It has been a very, very busy week. There have been a lot of votes taken in both the Assembly and the Senate. There have been a lot of prop votes taken. There have been a lot of, of news conferences held. Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to Wisconsin in Focus and all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. Now here's your host, Bruce Walker. Thanks, Cole, and welcome to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Managing Editor for the Center Square. Wisconsin in Focus is brought to you by America's Talking Network. If you're tired of the divisive rhetoric coming from echo chambers in our country today, America's Talking Network has been made for you. America's Talking Network is a new podcast hub where you can find news, civil conversations, and all of the Center Square podcasts. The only agenda that America's Talking Network has is to get America talking again. Go to americastalking.com to check out all of their podcasts. Once again, that's americastalking.com. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, February 24th, and joining me today is Ben Yount, the Center Square's Wisconsin correspondent. Hello, Ben. I love how you 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 got sort of a a baseball at bat introduction. Now playing third base, Ben. Yeah. Well, we're we're almost there, Ben. We are almost oh, there. I've got opening day tickets, and now they're sitting here saying that if they don't have everything done for you know ready by Monday of next week, that they may have to start canceling games. I this is this is my luck. I finally buy opening day tickets and they and go hosed. ahead and, and yeah this is you're this hosed. is the way but fingers crossed fingers, fingers crossed. crossed and go tigers <laughs> <laughs> i knew i'd get you there i knew it well my friend ben you're always running here and there to quote michael jackson and what's happening in wisconsin with you and your trusty pen this has been a very busy week because this is the last week of session. Now, most people at home, I, I always hate the sort of inside the Capitol conversation. You know, the, people talk about bills and amendments and uh, session days. Unless you unless you, you you actually spend your time doing this professionally, most people, <laughs> I think, it, I don't want to say it goes over the head because I don't want to imply that people at home are somehow not up to it. It's just not top of mind. It's not. It's just not front burner. I, I probably heard four or five times this week someone come in to speak and say about how the entire Wisconsin Congress needs to do something. So it, it's one of these reminders that that is as as focused as we get on on the the, the horse trading and the intricate jargon and the the process. That for most people they're just kind of like, oh, you mean they're not there all the time? They don't pass laws every day. Oh, okay. I, I I didn't realize. But today is the this is the last week of session for people who are following uh, along at home. And so it means it has been a very, 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 very busy week in a couple of ways. There have been a lot of votes taken in both the Assembly and the Senate. There have been a lot of, let's say, prop votes taken. There have been a lot of, of news conferences held about, well, this issue and that issue. And as we saw, what was it, day before, we, we we got a, a, a essentially a re-election blank check written by the Republican leader in the Senate, Devin Lemahieu, when he came out and said, hey, by the way, 
just if you're counting at home, Republicans at the Capitol have saved you $22 billion over the past decade. Now, this is one of these fiscal reports that comes out quite often, but to drop it this week in the context of lawmakers are wrapping up their business, everyone's going home to run for re-election. Tony Evers has been running around the state taking credit for the Republican tax cuts. Lemahue was not very subtle in his timing by saying, look, this is not just a past two or three year trend. Republicans since Scott Walker, since 2011, since Act 10, have no been relation. systematically, yes, no, no, no relation to, 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 to Bruce Walker, has systematically been working to lower taxes, lower the state's tax burden, give money back to taxpayers. And so, the, as, as, as I believe I put it on Twitter this week, there is a price tag for having Republicans in charge of the Capitol for a decade, and that price tag is $22 billion. And this is this is a story that usually the way the news cycle works here in Wisconsin is people who work at the Capitol write the story day of. Then the next day it gets picked up by either the the, the local papers, maybe the local television stations. Usually the TV guys are a day or two behind. This was a story that we posted on Wednesday and it was everywhere Wednesday night because, again, twenty two billion dollars is a huge price tag number that's a lot of cheddar so how does that compare when um i'm, I'm reading a quote in your your story here and uh at one point in time in 2010 12 years ago wisconsin had the fifth highest tax burden in the nation yeah yeah we wisconsin is and during the walker years the sort of tagline for the state, the, 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 the line that was put up on the welcome to Wisconsin signs was Wisconsin open for business. Scott Walker years focused at, at points like a laser on making Wisconsin a very business friendly state, of course, because of right to work. That was the headline. But the other big headline for former Governor Walker was Act 10, which saved you know, taxpayers across the state billions of dollars on its own. And so there was this idea that Wisconsin is a low tax state when actually, <coughs> excuse me, when actually you look at it and we wrote this story a week or so ago that the tax foundation said that Wisconsin is not necessarily a low tax state, particularly compared to some of our Midwestern neighbors. So th this idea that Wisconsin has always been low tax business friendly is, is, is not the reality. We were the fifth highest tax burden in 2011. It's the 23rd highest tax burden. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading from this fiscal note from the, uh, the the guys over at the Legislative Fiscal Bureau. And, you know, we, we saw savings of $4 billion uh, for taxes that would have been owed, another $2 billion in income and franchise taxes, another $28 million in other taxes, $1.5 billion in property taxes. So when you go down and you look and what Republicans have have trimmed, have saved, have not increased, you can very quickly get up to a couple of billion dollars. And, and, and this is as Wisconsin has now seen a record four billion dollar state surplus and a rainy day fund of over one point seven billion dollars. It wasn't that long ago that Wisconsin was looking at a structural deficit. And so this victory lap 
as we would usually call it from the Senate Majority Leader, comes at a very interesting time. It wasn't, but just a couple of, it was earlier this month that Governor Evers took the victory lap of his own and, and declared himself to get the credit for all of these Republican reforms over the past couple of years. And uh, as, as we've written at, as we've written at, at Center Square several times, if you take a look at the first two budgets that Governor Evers proposed, because we do budgets twice, you know, once every other year, they both would raise taxes by a billion dollars. One of them raised spending by one billion, the other raised spending by three billion. So you have this clear comparison, you, you, this, this black and white R&D, blue and red. And, and, and it is a tale of, of fiscal responsibility, fiscal success, and, and more taxing and more spending. The problem for many Republicans, and this is something that, is, that was part of the conversation all across the state on Twitter today, is that if you're explaining in politics, you're losing. And it's great that Republicans can take credit for this. But as most people don't realize that this is the last week of session, as most people don't follow state house drama day to day, when they see an ad on television that says Governor Evers cut your taxes, they may not necessarily run to the Internet, jump on the centersquare.com, go back a couple of weeks and say, well, no, technically it was the Republican reforms. So you, you are going to see a, 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 a winter, you know, a spring and a summer and a fall of campaigning for office where you have both sides saying, no, 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 I'm the one who saved you money. No, no. I cut your taxes. No, it was me. I'm the reason that we've got a $4 billion surplus. Don't and make so me this turn is, this car around. Yes. yes. I've got the receipts. I was there when we voted for this. You, sir, are no Scott Walker. And, and so <laughs> in, in, in terms of, of this, is, this is a really neat state government finance story. Yay. But this also is the transition from passing laws and legislation to running for re-election. And this is the bridge that gets lawmakers from one to the other. Gotcha. Well, let's, let's, let's move along. And uh, when I move along, I'm hungry. So how about a little red meat for the masses? And one of those red meat for the masses topics that is shaking everybody up is critical race theory. Yes. And, and free speech issues. And University of Wisconsin-Madison is not immune to this issue. There has been, and, and this is not just an Illinois thing. I, I think if you if you go, through, I, I, I like how, I like how you began all of that with the with the ponderous sigh. Yes, this is well, a well considered response from Ben Young. I mean, we could we could do podcast weekly, uh, you know, so this week in CRT, uh, but, the, the, you know, the idea of focusing on critical race theory is not just a, a Wisconsin thing. There are lawmakers in many states, particularly red states that have the opportunity to pass these kinds of laws. I'm sure that Republicans in Illinois would like to talk about CRT as well, but they just don't have the numbers. They can't they can't get this legislation passed. The chancellor at UW-Madison, Rebecca Blank, who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, the boss of the state's largest university campus, came out with a statement after the assembly passed a couple of bills. One would deal with campus free speech. It would, it would protect students who sort of speak up, share unpopular on college campus opinions, 
it, generally those are conservative opinions. The other one would would essentially say, hey, no teaching of racial stereotypes. And, and this is what these legislation, these pieces of legislation actually say. All right. You can't teach that one race or sex is better than the other. You can't teach that one race or sex is inherently bad. You can't treat people better based on their race or sex that it doesn't say you can't have anyone read this book. You can't have anyone come and lecture about this. It simply gets back to and, you know, to, 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 to put a little bit of, of perspective on it, it gets back to the sort of stuff that we were told coming out of the 60s and 70s to treat people equally, not based on the color of their skin. Of course, because universities are universities here in Wisconsin and across the country, the, the chancellor at UW-Madison had to come out and take a hard stand against that. And, and, and her statement can be read in one of a couple of ways. And, I, and I'll read it. I'll read it straight first. Her statement says, as a university, our aim is to graduate well-rounded critical thinkers, teach our students not what to think, but how to think, Blank said in a statement. And later on, she says, UW's ability to attract and retain the best and brightest faculty and staff and students depends on being an environment where both academic freedom and freedom of speech are core values. And it just just one sentence in a larger statement about other university legislation that passed that she's hopeful for. And when we put this story on Twitter, the response came back. So the university is going to lose professors if they can't continue to teach racism. And, and this is this is part of a recurring theme. We'll use that term, a recurring theme, not just from UW-Madison, not just from Rebecca Blank, but from universities across the country that anything that changes the status quo, anything that doesn't increase funding for the university, anything that they really don't like is going to harm their ability to attract the best and brightest. And lawmakers did not fall for the trap questions, which we asked, you know, so do you really think that people are going to skip a job at UW-Madison because of this? But this is the, the, the standard response of almost anything that the 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 continuation of the tuition freeze, which saved Wisconsin students thousands of dollars in an education at the University of Wisconsin that failed. To, that, that, that harmed the university's ability to attract the best and the brightest. Not building a new science building harms the university's ability to get the best and the brightest. Not not increasing the pay for chancellor or provost or many other administrators harms the university's ability to get the best and brightest. And and so when when you when you read this statement, if if you really want to be critical, UW's ability to attract the best and brightest faculty, staff, and students depends on an environment where both academic freedom and freedom of speech are core values. And and, and that's that this is one of these stories where, you know, the Bill Curtis School of Journalism. Give people the nut, give them the bolt, and let them screw it together. And there are a good number of people in the state of Wisconsin who support the University of Wisconsin who will say, well, of course, you have to get the best and the brightest. And there are a good number of people in the state of Wisconsin who support the University of Wisconsin who say, look, just teach them how to read and how to write. Let's graduate some people who can go on and get jobs. Let's leave some of this other stuff to the side. And uh, that, yeah, it, it, this is this is where we were. Now, this CRT legislation, the freedom of speech legislation. So many other pieces of legislation that have made it out of the assembly or Senate or out of both. They are all 
all but guaranteed to be headed for a veto from Governor Evers. So the, the chancellor will be able to sleep well uh, at night because there will be no anti-CRT legislation here in the state of Wisconsin. Ooh, OK, I, I just read these quotes and I, I see them as being more or less boilerplate. And uh, th- again, as you stated, you could argue both sides of the equation using exactly the same words and that's and and that's that's the perspective that you get you know not not to sort of not to toot our own horn here at the center square but this is this is what happens when you cover this stuff day in and day out and you see that this is boilerplate and you realize that the answer would have been the same almost no matter what the topic that it it does have it begins to have a bit of a disingenuous ring to it. It begins to sound pattern. It begins to sound, you know, fill in the blank X, Y, Z bad for the university hurt our ability to attract the best and brightest democracy, democracy. democracy. We must protect democracy. How dare you make it harder yes. for people to vote as, as, as I'm sure we'll talk about at some point with, with Wisconsin's election uh, uh, legislation. But this is, this is, this is one of the great parts about, having people who cover the legislature professionally that if you if you're relying on your local television station and, and even if you live in a big city even if you live in you know metro detroit or you know, metro milwaukee metro chicago metro go ahead fill in the blank the big city in whatever state you are in the the reporter who's bringing you that state government story probably doesn't cover state government every day they may cover politics you know, today it's the mayor's race in Blanksburg and next week it's a city council vote in something somethingville. And right. Or, when, or, it's, or it's it's the state senator or yeah. state representative who is local to the area where the television station is and yep. it's convenient for them to hop in their limo and come on over. Oak Creek Republican so and so says such and such. And 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 it's listen, I did that. I, I I spent I spent years in Springfield, Illinois, and Sioux City, Iowa. You know, I, I I did my time having to go, and you know, one day it's the cutting the ribbon for the Red Cross, the next day it's a tornado, and it's it, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. That's how local news works. But when you know, this is why the center square is what it is, and is as important as it is because we actually cover this stuff every day. We have some perspective. We can we we can kind of tell when somebody's BSing us, and and you know the the good part about about you know just presenting what it is that these people say and leaving it up to your interpretation is that people then get to read into this, and and, and it, it is it is our job to provide point counterpoint perspective, but. Uh, yeah, you know, this this statement from Rebecca Blank is the perfect example of half the half the state will read that and roll their eyes and half the state will read that and say, well, of, of course, of course, we need to we we can't handicap these professors. We we shouldn't be telling them what to teach. It'll be interesting to see what they say if the roles are reversed and we have a Republican governor or a Republican president and, and you know, they're, they're, they're pushing some Republican conservative ideas. But we've gotten way off the topic. Sure, we, we have. Got, we've we got have. election investigation stories to talk about. OK, well, we can talk about that. And but briefly, let's uh, talk about the we, we've talked about universities. Now let's talk about the K through 12 uh, parents bill of rights. This is again to get back to the conversation of two people look at the exact same facts and come away with two different takeaways. This is either common sense that 
spells out in state law, hey, look, parents are the ones who make these decisions. Or this is Republicans are trying to force their ideology into public schools. And and as 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 has been said many a time on Twitter, has been said many a time on talk radio in this state, who was the first to put their ideology into schools? We had a couple of moms show up down at the Capitol. And, and these moms have become, I don't, I don't want to say professional advocates, but these are moms who have the, 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 the time. Julie Zachariah, uh, Scarlett Johnson, Julie Zachariah is from, from Brookfield. Her, her kids go to school with, with my kids. I don't know her, but she's in the same school district as my kids, just sort of full disclosure. She made headlines when she publicized that a teacher was handing out a pretty graphic sex survey, asking kids things like, hey, have you ever had a threesome? And these were high school students. Scarlett Johnson is a mom we've quoted several times. She was part of the Mequon Fiendsville recall. She's been down at the Capitol advocating for this time after time after time after time. And if you were to ask either of these moms, they'd say, look, the only reason we are here in advocating for this, the only reason there needs to be a state law is because local schools, local school boards, local school administrators have allowed a leftist agenda into the classroom. And then when parents object, parents are dismissed. Parents are brushed off. Parents are run through the process. Well, you got to file a FOIA request for that. We'll have our lawyer get back to you. You're not entitled to this information. That's the response these moms told lawmakers that they've gotten. And so they're down to the Capitol saying, look, we 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 want to be able to see what books our kids are reading. We want to be able to see what what assignments they're they're being given. We want to know if you're handing out sex surveys to our kids because you know, mommy daddy stuff is stuff that moms and dads and families should talk about kids with. And again, you know, Senator Latanya Johnson said, there are just three of you. There are hundreds of other parents in the schools. Why, why, why aren't you taking this up with the school board? And that is the attitude that is dominant among many Democrats, certainly among the education bureaucracy of, well, they're, they're just a handful of you. You know, we've we've got a lot of people who will tell us that we're doing a great job. And and that that is the disconnect. That is that is why this is a debate. That is why this is such a huge issue for conservatives here in Wisconsin, Republicans in Wisconsin. It's probably one of their top five issues. And that is also why this is doomed. Like so many other education reforms, Governor Evers is guaranteed to veto this one. The governor is the former state superintendent. DPI, which is the state's department of public instruction, which is where the superintendent works, does not like this legislation. And therefore, Governor Evers does not like this legislation. But yeah, the, the theme of this week is talking past each other and ideas that one side think are common sense and absolutely necessary. The other side sees as a political intrusion into their area, their zone of control. And the response to that would be, well, you guys introduced politics first, so we got to come down the line. And here we are, full circle, <laughs> talking past each other, issue after issue after issue after issue. Well, is there enough votes in the legislature to or in the assembly to overturn a veto? There are enough. There, there are enough Republicans in the assembly. Republicans are one vote short in the Senate. They are one vote short. So Governor Evers vetoes will stand. And Wisconsin has a very powerful line item veto. This is one of the interesting things. And we don't have we're, we're, we're getting 
getting close, close to the end. Yes. Uh, but this is one of the things that makes writing budgets very difficult here in the state because the governor can veto out individual words. He can veto out individual sentences. He can essentially connect three different things that weren't connected, you know, just going, nah, I don't like that, that, that. And all of a sudden, what was supposed to prohibit funding for now authorizes funding for. Uh, so even if there was a veto proof Republican majority in the legislature, it would be difficult that the, the governor has a tremendous amount of power now. And, and this is I, I know we're running super late now. The the part of this that is some of the strategery is that some of these pieces of legislation are election year fodder. You know, we we voted to do this. Some of these pieces of legislation that will be vetoed by the governor are being put in place so that if a Republican wins in November, lawmakers can come back in almost immediately in January, and it, it would be almost contract with America-esque for people who remember that, and just vote after vote after vote after vote after vote. And Republicans could push through massive sweeping reforms, election reforms, education reforms, tax reforms within a matter of days if there's a Republican governor. So so some of this is a, is purely Pyrrhic politics designed for election year mailers. Some of this is just setting up a path forward uh, for a Republican governor. And that's where it gets interesting. But that's going to be for a podcast after they're done passing these legislation. Okay, well, that takes us right back to our entry where we made the baseball analogy and saying that we're teeing it up just in case November turns Republican. So thank you, Ben. I do appreciate all your news insights. And Ben, of course, is Ben Yount, the Center Square's Wisconsin correspondent. You can read all the Center Square stories at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. And listen to the Center Square podcast at americastalking.com. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square. Ben and I will be back next week.